our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello, today's Thursday, which means we're bringing you Girls That Business, a weekly series where we spill the tea on how to create a seven-figure side hustle because no one saves their way to wealth. You're joined today by Sim, a seven-figure business owner, and with me is Maya, an entrepreneur in the making. Hello, Maya. Kilda Sim, how are you? I am good. I wanted to ask you a particular question. Your hair is growing very long. Thank you. It's almost down to my bum. That's That's my goal. How are you doing that? I do nothing with my hair. But you use collagen. You drink collagen, right? I do, but that's, I don't think that really helps. I think I curl my hair sometimes. Like I don't do much with my hair on a day-to-day basis. Like if I'll do my bangs, I'll do my bangs. But I don't put like a lot of heat or anything. I just kind of leave it. And actually now I have really good organic shampoo and conditioner. So my hair's like a lot softer now. Do you use hair oil? No. Do you not? No. I should though. You should. Yeah. It's like the bottoms get pretty dry, but I do want to look at something to kind of make it a little bit more thick, like thicker because I got layers and it's a little bit not as lively as I would like it to be, but thank you so much. I know. I love it. I like had a appointment the other week for like a massage and at the end massage they do like a head massage which includes like a hair oil (gasps) massage and it was great but I smelt like hair oil and it's like that strong pungent hair oil like like the real strong pungent hair oil which I loved but I just did it give you a headache no I I have a confession I just haven't washed my hair for a week after like it just was so nice I wanted to like soak it in oh yeah so my hair is a little bit oily looking, but that's it's because it's so not. It's because it's hair oil. Oh, okay. I need hair oil. It's good. All right. Well, moving on. Yes. <laughs> this week we are talking about the marketing strategies that we have employed at Girls That Invest that we've employed at the Indian Feminist and the other businesses that I have run mm-hmm. and for some of the companies that I advise for. When it comes to marketing, I think you either feel like you love it and you know it and you get it, or you think it's like, not for me, it's so hard, it's so confusing. Where do you fall on the spectrum? It's so confusing. Marketing um, what? That's where I fall. (laughs) Marketing what? Yes. That's a really great place to start. Yeah. Capital what? Capital what? Capital W what? I want to say that when it comes to marketing, 
I love it. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of my strengths. And I th- definitely. Oh, uh, it's obvious. Yeah, I think so. I don't even always necessarily believe that I've had the best ideas or the best products or the, I mean, I like to think I've tried my best, but I think it's the marketing that I'm really good at, like creating hype, creating interest, creating conversation or like curiosity, yeah, movement, whatever you want to call it. But I'm here to answer all your questions. Your marketing girl is here. She's sitting in front of you. Whatever you want, I will share all my marketing secrets. Perfect. Because you really, it's worth content creation and marketing I think for you goes hand in hand and it just comes so naturally yeah have you taken like a marketing course do you do anything on the side like how have you learned these I think I got good at marketing because I have been doing it for eight years with Mm -hmm. trial and error I haven't had a marketing degree and I think that's either worked in my favor or it hasn't there might be so much that I don't know that I'm missing out on and like there could be all these theoretical ways of doing things that I haven't even thought of, but for me, I've just taken it from an approach of looking at what's worked well in other industries by other people and going, can I apply that to what I'm doing? Because marketing is one of those things that changes like every couple of months or every year, like what worked for marketing last year might not work for this year. Yeah. And it's not usually the strategies that change, but it's more the platforms. So like Instagram was really big for marketing before that was Facebook. Now it's like TikTok. And so you don't have to relearn the foundations, but you're relearning what? Application? Yeah, the application of like what works. TikTok is more like authentic and more trend-based and like more silly, like the styles change. And I just remember seeing this meme where someone said, like my marketing degree is useless. I just needed to be on TikTok for like three weeks. (laughs) No. It's so sad. Stop. It's like your marketing degree will not teach you like what 15-year-olds like to watch. Like yeah. That just you have to like observe that time because the 15-year-olds 10 years ago are going to be different to the 15-year-olds today. Oh, 100%. We were the 15-year-olds 10 yeah. years ago. Oh, and my God. I just like flashback to my sister and I dressing up as guys and then dressing up as girls. Like we have there. I'll show you photos on Facebook. They are actually so hilarious i have flashbacks to like people ironing their hair with ironing oh irons <laughs> now they have like dyson air apps so we like and they get their nails and their eyelashes done like sorry where do you get your money okay sim so what marketing strategies do you use when it comes to marketing i have tried a lot of things i have found a lot of things don't work mm-hmm. but when i first started out the way i would find really good marketing strategies would be like who's someone i really like or what's something that's worked on me because who my customers are are often people that are like myself and that's been my superpower by like okay. having a business that's focused on people like myself so young women or honestly like women that just have similar interests that really believe in like feminism and equality um like for my first brand and I guess now with girls and best who believe in feminism and equality but also like making their bag and like mm-hmm. getting financially free so whatever worked on me I would take note and go when I buy something what convinces me to buy it and mm. almost like writing those thoughts down and so oftentimes things like scarcity mm-hmm. so if it was like hey we've got this product this is the last time it's going to be at this price next year when we relaunch it it's going to be a little bit more costly 
Oh. Or you've only got till the end of the week to purchase it and then we're going to close down. Like, for example, there's this brand Supreme. And if you haven't heard of it, it's like Supreme with like red writing. Yeah. And they make like clothes and phone cases and I'm pretty sure like just sports gear. Whatever you need. And what they did really well is they would just have limited launches. So they would just randomly drop a limited collection and it was done. Mm. And so if you got it, you got it. And they created this false sense of scarcity and this false sense of exclusivity. And that makes people want to buy more. Or if you even think of like Birkin bags, you can't go and buy a Birkin. No. You have to like get in a waiting list and like buy their other products first. Or if you want to buy one, you have to like get it off the secondhand market and it's more costly than like buying it from the store directly. So you just look at like what are the things you want and why do you want them? What's the marketing that's being used on you? And that's going to help you. You look like you've just like. That is so smart and like so simple. It's so simple because we get marketed towards all the time. Yes. And at the same token on a separate page, write all the things that turn you off from something. Okay. Like when I am driving and I see a billboard or I'm on Instagram or I'm on TikTok and I see an ad that I really don't like, I'll try and take note of why I don't like it. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I hate when I'm looking to like buy a course or learn online, I hate those marketing pages that are like, the webinar will start in five seconds. And it just happened to be that the time that you clicked on it, the webinar was going to start in an hour. And if you don't join, like you will never see it again. I was like, the webinar was never going to just start an hour as soon as I clicked on the page. And like they send is- you an email saying it's starting again tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. Like that feels very like gimmicky. And so it's things like that, that I take note of and go, well, I didn't enjoy that. That felt very like scammy. Even it might not be a scam, but I also don't like videos where someone's in front of a screen with a whiteboard and they're like, Hey, top three tips. Like if I jump in front of a screen and I'm like top three money tips and I've got a whiteboard, like, are you going to trust me? Are you going to be like, Jesus Christ, you've lost the plot. Sis, I'm going to laugh. You're going to laugh and then you're you're never – next time you ever see anything we do, it's you're just going to be like, oh, there's the, like, whiteboard girl. Yeah, I'm not paying attention to your actual content. I'm like, this is funny, bro. And so that's the first thing that I do. And by doing that, I've come up with three marketing strategies that have worked for me constantly that I share with people constantly Mm -hmm. and they are foolproof. And no matter what businesses I start in the future or continue to do, these will always be in my top four. First one is – making scarcity and that has come from things like supreme that has come from the birkin bag example whenever we offer something it's never available to buy 24 7 365 days a year and what i mean by that is when we offer our courses they are only available at a certain time and we only do them two or three times a year Mm. and so that didn't happen on purpose but it was the idea of us saying well we're going to do these like cohorts and we're going to we want everyone to do it at the same time so to start at the same time you all have to sign up before a certain date Mm -hmm. so that we can all like begin together yeah and because that happened you've got people that want to buy it they were going to buy it no matter what they've jumped in then you've got the people on the fence and the people that are on the fence are going to feel a little bit of an extra push if they know that they have to make a decision within five days or that the window to buy this is only a week 
after a week it closes and you have to wait another five months before the next cohort opens, that's either going to make them go, okay, I really want it and they, and they go for it or they go, it's not the right time and they decide not to. But either way, they've made a decision. Mm. You're getting people off the fence. You're not forcing people to buy. You're not trying to get everyone to go, oh, I don't want this to I want this, but you want the people in the middle to make a choice. Mm. And that's scarcity. Does that make My, sense? Yes, that makes complete sense. And I'm now just thinking back to the times where I saw limited offer or limited time and just those closing windows. And that actually has like, I've either gone in or like, actually, no, this is something that I don't need. What's your next one, Sam? I've loved it. I mean, I once looked, this is so funny. I loved Ali Abdal's like landing page for his course. And I was mm-hmm. like, I want to learn about how he's used like his marketing strategies to like plug his course. And I went through it and it was so good. It was so good. I ended up buying the course. Like it convinced me. <laughs> like I went through it to learn and I was like, I could start a YouTube channel. <laughs> Get it, sis. What did he put in his video? (laughs) Well, it was like the page of like all the information and it was so many really great and helpful things. And we'll talk about the strategies in a moment. But one of them was scarcity. It was like it's closing in two days. Mm. You've got to make a choice. Another thing was that this would be the last cohort that was going to be live. The next one was going to be just recorded videos. So if you wanted to like have access to them in the moment, in person, in person, that was the only time you could do it and I had two days to decide and it worked on me. (laughs) Damn, how was it? It was fantastic. It was so good. Now, the second marketing strategy that I found really helpful is using social proof or showing social proof. Do you know what social proof means? I'm going to take a guess at like feedback. Pretty close. Feedback is an example of social proof, but Mm -hmm. social proof is an umbrella term to say Proof that other people have liked or bought your product or service. Okay. Like proof that they're not the only person in the world that's interested in this. And that can be in different forms of feedback. So it's not just like written reviews. So for example, if you were like, hey, I really want to buy this course or I really want to buy this like book, what would you do? You would probably search that book online. Mm -hmm. And social proof can be like articles about the book or Goodreads reviews or someone on their Instagram account holding the book. And it's just like, oh, like they're like reading on a Sunday. Like that's so cool. It must be good. Social proof is just proof that other people like the product and therefore you're going to feel more comfortable or inclined to feel like you're part of something and that you want to buy it too. So when we did our Girls That Invest launch for our first cohort, as soon as I put it up live, I took a screenshot of the web page that I could see that showed me where everyone around the world was coming Mm. from to have a look at the website Mm. and so it's not saying that these people have bought the course but it was like people from around the world like I had a world map and it had all these dots everywhere like people in the states people in the UK people in Australia New Zealand people in South Korea like people in the Bermuda Triangle at this point like wow I don't think anyone was from the Bermuda (laughs) Triangle but I took a screenshot of that and shared it on our story and it was like look so many people from around the world are looking at the course yeah And that social proof that if you're looking at this and you're going, do I want this or not? And then you look at the story and it's like all these people around the world are contemplating it too. You're like, maybe there's something there. Mm. Yeah. And then when people started purchasing the course, I'd get an email notification every time someone 
got it. And so I had like this huge trail of emails coming through and I took a screenshot of that and yes. put that on our story yep. being like, oh my goodness, like the timestamps were like every minute someone was buying it. Mm. And that's another example of social proof. Like there's so much demand for it. And the demand that you have at the start through social proof increases more demand. And it's like a bit of a feedback cycle. Then you get more people buying it. You can show more social proof. And for that week launch of your course, you're just constantly showing that more and more people want it. And it's in so many different forms as well. Like it could be an article. It could be your story. It could be a TikTok. It's on different platforms to show. It could be someone that sent an email and said, oh, my God, I've just signed up. I'm so excited. I can't wait to begin. Thank you for creating this and sharing that and going, oh, look, like we're so excited. Like our community is so keen to get started. Two more days to sign up if you'd like to join us. Wow. And see, like all of what you've said, I remember from like I've seen you post it and I'm like, oh, yeah. But I wouldn't have thought that that is necessarily a marketing strategy. And I think that's maybe where I think that I don't know anything about marketing, but I actually do. Like You know so much. Because all of like what you have said, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I've thought about that. And it's so easy. But I think the term can kind of throw people, well, it's thrown me off. Well, I think when people use big terms (laughs) – big terms like marketing strategies. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We're using big words on this show. Mm -hmm. You almost expect, and even to this day, like before this episode recorded, I was like, do I know any marketing strategies? Like I honestly was like, I never did a marketing degree. I don't know what like the four frameworks of marketing are or like what the, you know, pinwheel of marketing looks like. (laughs) I don't know, like the Venn diagram, (laughs) but I know the things that I do that work. Yes. And you can overcomplicate it or you can keep it really simple. And in my business or the way I do business, I like to keep it simple. And it's like, well, you create scarcity. Mm-hmm. I, that's doable. You show that other people really want it as well or they're mm-hmm. buying it. That works as well. When it comes to the third marketing strategy, it's called showing the journey. And mm-hmm. showing the journey means it's like a long game. It's a long form of a marketing strategy. It's not something that you do like for a week when you are launching a product or a service. Showing the journey is the idea that people love to buy from people. They love to buy and support businesses that they know. And when they feel like they understand the faces behind a brand and they feel like they've come on the journey with you, there is more of a, you could say like emotional investment Mm -hmm. or more of a connection between that brand. And you are so much more likely to support them and that is why small businesses or small creators get so much higher engagement and retention rate and repeat customers from like a nameless big brand oh some 100 percent. like what i'm wearing my dress is from an influence like a influencer from whangarua from raglan and she she's a photographer and she like posts about daughters of india all the time so love it follow it and even like my earrings nicola earrings She's a, I wouldn't say a small business, but a Māori business based in Kirikirirua in Hamilton. Like I am following- Your engagement ring. My Oh my gosh, my engagement, like everything, what I'm wearing is from my secondhand shoes, like is truly because of the journey from a podcast two years ago. I went to an event like four years ago, been following someone for two years ago. Oh my gosh. Everything that we buy, especially women- is because you 
are invested in the journey. Like technically you could buy a dress from the warehouse. You could get your earrings from your local mall and they'd probably be cheaper. You could get an engagement ring from Michael Hill. Like there are so many other alternatives. There's so many options in the world. So people buy from people, they buy from businesses. And what I have always done with Girls That Invest, and this has been very intentional, I think, I don't think marketing is meant to come across as like manipulative or scammy or like you do one thing, but you're thinking five steps ahead, but it's all like part of the overall experience. What are the little things that I want to do that's also going to be really beneficial to the brand in the long term? And one of them was sharing my journey. So when you have good days, sharing those. When you have bad days, sharing those. When we had the course, and I learned this from watching other course creators and watching other people that had digital products, I would look and see how a few months or few weeks before they would like soft launch it and be like, hey, like a photo of them filming something. And they'd be like, sneak peek. Mm. I hate the sneak peeks. I hate the something's coming soon. But it's the idea of like, they're letting you know something, like they're planting yeah. the seeds of curiosity. Yeah. And so we wouldn't say things like something's coming soon, but we'd like take a video of me like filming myself or me like editing till 11 p.m. And I'd be like, we're going to have like a really cool product coming, you know, next month. I can't wait to share it with you or like help me choose the colors of X, Y, Z. And you see it happen with like makeup companies. They'll be like, hey, we're trying to choose between the last color in our eyeshadow palette on this Instagram poll, do you want color one, two, or three? And whatever people choose, you feel like emotionally invested. You're like, I got to help choose the color that went on this palette that actually got made. And you're more likely to go buy that color palette. 100%. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone, and the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach, and enhanced customer experience. It's a win-win-win. To learn more about how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. Yeah, that's exactly how I shop. <laughs> You're like, this is me I to a T. <laughs> if anyone wants to find a customer that buys by following the journey, we've got one sitting right here. Right here. Just get me hooked. And I love stories. I love people's background stories. There's this like woman that makes drawings and then she turns them into like mugs and like coloring and picture books and journals. Like she basically makes stationery off the back of like some really cool artwork that she makes. I'm not even sure what it's called. <laughs> I'm not even sure what her name is, but I follow her because I love watching her Instagram stories and reels of her just like 
with time lapses of her like packaging Mm. and packaging is such a good technique it's so therapeutic to watch people like package orders and ship them away and I would just watch her sit in like her bedroom and do it like it was real wholesome and she would just share about like her mental health journey that week like it was so not related to trying to sell me a pencil but I'd probably buy a pencil from her one day yes and that is my third marketing strategy Thanks, Sam. I did see again. I didn't realize that that was like a specific strategy. I knew that's how I bought things because I love following people's journey, and it's more like I feel more connected to things that way. Do you have any more strategies to share? I do. And and before I go into the final one, mm-hmm. what you just said relates back to the very first statement I made, which is when you buy things, try and understand what makes you purchase it. Mm. And then you're going to realize what those marketing strategies are. If you were to think like, oh, why did I buy this dress? You would have realized that you love supporting certain brands. And then therefore that's a marketing strategy that you can employ in the work that you do. Just put that into my brain. I just had a light bulb moment. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm happy to help. Thank you. The fourth and final marketing strategy that I use that has really worked for us is making it very clear that we don't do sales. Ah, okay. Yeah. So that's very different. Yeah. So I don't know if you've ever noticed, but we have never done a sale on our courses. We've never done a discount code. We've never done a XYZ off. Not even on Black Friday, as tempting as it is. (laughs) When every other brand in the world is like 57% off and yeah. 80% off. And we're like, we could make a few quick bucks today, but we don't. Why? Do you want to take a guess? I'm, this also isn't to like discredit anyone who puts things on sale, but not to cheapen yeah. a product. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like, not. we're obviously not Apple, but Apple doesn't do discounts. Apple doesn't do sales. It is very hard to try they and wait don't. for a 20% off on an iPhone. Like they might, maybe the store that you're buying from might have like a $20 off sale or mm. like a, but Apple doesn't discount their products ever. And the idea behind it is I believe that if someone buys from us on the first round, let's say in January, they buy our investing masterclass, I don't want them to look at us in when is Black Friday? Like from November? November, beginning of November, I believe. You said that very quickly. <laughs> I think it's around Guy Fawkes time. Oh, yeah. I don't want someone that bought in January who supported us from the start of the year to like look at us selling it for cheaper in November and being like, excuse me, should I have just waited for a sale? Oh. Uh, so that yeah. would piss me off if I was a loyal customer to a brand and I buy something at the start of the year and then it the same product is cheaper later down the track. That's one reason. The second is the cheapening of it. Like you don't want, in my opinion, and this is the marketing strategy. So for other brands, it's going to be different. They're going to do what works for them. If you show that, hey, this usually costs $500, but this week it's going to cost $300, you're basically showing people that it was only really costing you $200 to make. And you've got like a $300 markup to 500 bucks. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like if yeah. it was if you can sell me this shirt for 400 bucks but then also sell it to me for 100 bucks, how much did this shirt cost you? Yeah. And that's actually something that my Tani and my partner highlighted to me. I think one time I was looking at a sale and he saw how heavily discounted the things were and he was like, "You just 
that just shows how much they mark up their product and like don't need to. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I get it, you know, business, got to pay your bills and all of that kind of stuff. But I definitely understand that perspective as well. And for me, it's it's two things. It's honoring the people, because usually in business, the first people that buy your products, the first like influx are your most trusting, most super common, fans. most super, super fans. Yeah. Imagine making your super fans pay full price and then four months later offering it for cheaper to everyone else. Yeah. That would not sit well with me. I get that. And that really goes off the back of the showing your journey. And then those people are along the journey with you for a year while you've created this product, first people to buy it. And then a few months later, you do 50% off. That is yeah it pissed me off yeah so those are the tips that i have found have worked really well for me i know that you wanted to know what hasn't worked well Mm -hmm. and so very quickly marketing strategies that have not worked for me include things like doing sales Mm -hmm. being super sale orientated i think that's like not worked for me in the past therefore i've like realized i don't want to do it with girls that invest Mm -hmm. things that have not worked for me have been collabs have not really worked that well. Really? Yes. Like brand deals or collaborating with another? Collaborating with creator. other brands because we have often found that we work with brands where we're the larger brand. Mm-hmm. And so we often give them a lot of exposure and followers, but we don't get much back for for that conversion. Right. Yeah. So that hasn't worked well in marketing. But I think if you're doing it without the purpose of selling something, it works really well. Another thing that hasn't worked super well is giving our products to people. So we tried a couple of times, I think like maybe two or three of our books we like gave to creators and like paid them to make content around Mm -hmm. it. And I think someone could argue, well, maybe it was like the partnership itself. Like we kind of were like, do whatever you think works and post it and we'll just see what happens. Mm -hmm. Maybe we could have been more like, we think this might work yeah. or X, Y, Z. We have had more book sales from our own Instagram content or TikTok content blowing up than like paying a creator to do it. Mm. So it's, I think like in terms of cost, that hasn't actually it worked that well. Pay pay out. It didn't pay out. And we haven't done affiliate marketing, which is like saying to people, hey, if you have taken our course and you really enjoyed it, if you recommend our course to someone else, we'll give you like $50 from their course sales. A lot mm-hmm. of people do that. We haven't done that. I think keeping it organic and keeping – basically, we, we leave a lot of money on the table because if we did that, sure, like a lot more people would go, oh, I want 50 bucks. I'll get my friend to do it. But you don't know if that friend would be the right person to take that course and would they enjoy it or would we have lots of people take it but it would dilute the amount of people that – were ready in the right place to to do it Mm. were they just kind of like pushed by their friends and then also their feedback could kind of negatively impact especially if they're like well they weren't expecting what the actual product was like they weren't actually following it for you know following the journey or things like that then you could kind of get a bit of negative feedback from it because they aren't necessarily people who would originally be interested yeah they haven't gone through the whole customer journey of like Mm. listening to the podcast following GHI for a while so that's it and the last thing that has not worked for us that we've never done with girls that invest but we've done with other brands is paid instagram or facebook ads doesn't work 
Um, no point doing it. Yeah. Just I see that grow your communities. Working. Yeah. 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 TTI has a fabulous community. Thank you. Do you have any final questions? No, you've blown my mind enough and you've helped me to realize, and I, I hope everyone else as well, that we are marketing people, sorry, marketing queens. And you just put yourself in the perspective on how you shop and things like that. You can do it. You can do it. And honestly, and I know that people are going to roll their eyes when I say this because I know it's coming from me, but marketing is not hard. if you said this at the beginning of the episode before you you know gave us those gems I would have been like shut up Simran (laughs) but now I kind of understand you a little bit more and it isn't as hard as I thought it was marketing is just you looking at what makes you want to buy stuff and then applying that to your own business oh there you go why do you need a marketing? I'm kidding. <laughs> and so that's a really good place to wrap up the episode. If you've yes. enjoyed this, please take a screenshot, put it on Instagram, give us social proof mm-hmm. so that other people can have a listen, learn more. We can all become, you know, our best versions of ourselves and grow our businesses. And I'll see you next week, Maya. See you next week, Sam. Kakite. Bye. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence.